Nick's watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nick's is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nick's and Grace. Welcome to the No Place Like Terra of Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're going over Season 5, Episode 14, 48 Hours, a.k.a. Where is Eddie Murphy? <laughs> <laughs> it actually took, I gotta, I have to be on this, I have to share with the group. I was watching, I was doing my rewatch, and uh-huh. I was like, 48 Hours is the one with, and then boyfriend Jesse's like, Eddie Murphy. And I was like, and then he's a cop. No, he's not a cop. Nick Nolte's the cop. And I'm like, so Eddie Murphy is these, like, he's a criminal. Oh, my God. Do I just need to tell you the movie? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> but I knew there was a movie, and I was like, I wonder if there's a parallel. There's not, but that's okay. <laughs> there's, uh, my AKA, as a couple of people pointed out, is the one where Nixie has a giant drink to drink from the entire episode. <laughs> I am looking forward to attempting to guess what happens next. Because you guys know the reaction. I just... This is one of those episodes, guys, where it's going to be... I'm going to try real damn hard not to spoil certain things for the future. (laughs) And it's going... To be difficult because that one thing that everyone knows, I'm not. I'm trying not to even say that thing it's that everyone thing. knows. I know there's a thing. I'm gonna guess what the thing is, <gasps> aka guess what the thing is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm yeah. Anyway, so this episode <laughs> first aired on March fifteenth, two thousand and two. Uh, it was directed by, or sorry, written by Robert C. Cooper, directed by Peter Wostel. Well, I'm really sorry if I keep pronouncing his name. Waste. Probably wrong. So, Gary Chalk. Oh, no, this is fun. (laughs) Worcester. 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 He's clearly from Massachusetts. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so Gary Chalk plays Colonel Chekhov. We didn't mention him the last, the first time we saw him uh, okay. on the thing, but he's mostly known for, I may have mentioned him, I honestly don't remember at this point, but he's mostly known for his voiceover work. Oh, okay. Um, including tons of Transformers. He's the voice Ooh. of Optimus Primal. Ooh. He had a spin as Optimus Prime. Uh, <laughs> I G.I. Joe. I know was an Optimus Primal. Uh, yeah, it's like the animal. <laughs> there, listen, there's only one animal Transformer. I feel like that's a name my mom would call Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. It's just like, you know, yeah, that thing you like, Optimus Primal. <laughs> <laughs> um... Just, like, his list of animated work he's done, voice work he's done, is I can't even address it all. But, because it's the season, uh, he was Santa and Bumbles and the Abominable Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys. Oh, God. Uh Uh-huh. That's awesome. Uh Uh-huh. So, I never remember which movie it's from. Yeah. But my favorite Christmas song ever. Yes. Is from one of those like claymation uh-huh. movies. But it's it's the one it's the Snow Miser song. Oh yeah 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 that's um, I'm Mister White Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I'm Mister. Oh yeah. Um, that one I thought was just from I'm I'm talking out of my ass, but uh-huh. I thought it's from Frosty. It's it might it could be well no it's I think it's the day that it's like something saved Christmas. Oh. Okay. Because what happens is they basically have to reunite the snow miser and the heat miser. 
And we and make them friends. As if you guys have actually, we've joked that Grace and I are the heat miser and the snow miser. <laughs> no, this is probably true. <laughs> it's very true because one of us cannot stay on the cold and one of us cannot stay on the heat. Every time Nixie comes over, I go, is it too hot in here? And she goes, I mean, look who you're talking exactly. to. Exactly. I was like, don't even. Literally five minutes before this started recording, I went, is it too hot in here? Don't ask me. I'm, my answer is invalid. Hence the sounds of air conditioning. <laughs> Uh, but he's also been era and whoa, also been in Arrow and Eureka, ah. which by the way, we're going to get Grace to watch Eureka because good Lord, she'd love that show. Oh. Um, been in MacGyver seven days. Uh, he was even in this year's Power Rangers film, which oh. we <laughs> went out of our way not to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I'm just trying to avoid <laughs> That's it. That's not going to happen bit, ever. A little bit. Although considering what's happened with the real life of our old Power Rangers, like yeah, the I random know. like, uh, legal troubles. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they've gotten themselves into, maybe we need a refreshed dose of Power Rangers. We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other guest right. star this episode is Mr. David Hewlett, um, best known for a show I can't talk about. Um, he's a, what? he's basically Nerd King. Like, he is one of us. <laughs> he is fully one of us. Nice. Uh, I'm going to get Grace to watch Dog's Breakfast eventually, uh, because if you haven't seen Dog's Breakfast, it is amazing. I don't know what he is. So he wrote and started and directed this film, and his sister's in it. Does and he play a dog? He is not, but his dog, <laughs> his dog, his actual dog Mars is oh, like a co-star in it. Yes. And he, Mars is still we, around. Okay, and adorable. I will watch it. As long as Stormy and Kaylee get to watch That's it. That's fine. We can't watch it yet. We can watch it eventually. Okay, because okay. there's there's oh, other no. faces that you know that are in this film. Oh, no. It's like a black murder comedy. <laughs> it's amazing. Now, is David Hewlett the dude who plays McKay? Yes. Because I have a theory uh-huh. that we're going to see more of his face. Okay. All the time, his ugly mug, even though we just sent him to Russia. <laughs> as Nixie slurps her... Or coffee. There's a reason I have a really big drink, guys. Um, he's also... Uh, he's he's directed, like, three films. Um, Rage of the Yeti is really good. I've seen that one once. I haven't seen To Bug yet. <laughs> Rage of the Yeti sounds like a new Disney ride. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just the name of the... Uh, the uh, the yeah. Whatever mountain is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Everest expedition. Everest is yeah. just Rage of the Yeti. Um, but Debug also has Jace Momoa in it. Oh, I like... You had me at Jason Momoa. I know. I have the only reason I'm going to watch Justice League. <laughs> uh, no, there's two reasons why you're going to oh, watch fine. Justice League. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. In her badassery. So they, uh, we, boyfriend Jesse and I and and friend Amanda and Mr. Phil all went and watched No, you went with Bartender Nick. Yeah, I said bartender name. You said boyfriend Jesse. I meant one That's of okay, our boyfriends. You can swap them out. Yeah, they're interchangeable. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, we went we went last night, and um, as much as I love Jace Momoa and how incredibly uh, good looking and amazing he is in that film, uh, he's still not the sexiest person in that film because that title belongs to Gal Gadot. <laughs> that People magazine for sexiest men alive should have been Gal Gadot. It's just Gal Gadot. <laughs> it's like listen, no more gender. It's, uh, yeah, there's no genders. Just Gal Gadot is the sexiest human alive. alive. (laughs) Um, Anyways, also, did you see... Welcome to the Gal Gadot (laughs) The Gal Gadot Lovers Podcast. Um, Did you ever see Cube? Like, the amazing... Like, it's like a... 
So my favorite horror film, and I don't even like horror films. Oh, where it's like they're stuck in like this. It's a cube, and it's, and it's like a box. maze that they got to get out yeah. of. He stars. Oh. He's in that. He's one of the guys in that. Okay. Um, he's also been on Dark Matter, which, by the way, is our from our friends Joe and Paul. I know those two guys. I haven't finished the third season yet. No one ruined it for me. Um, <laughs> right now, there's only three seasons, but oh. they're on Netflix. Um, nice. I just haven't. I just haven't watched the last one yet. Done. Um. And, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he also, for the Android version of an Apple Watch, which, yes, that's what I call it. I don't care if it has another name. Oh, okay. He, he's made, uh, he's, like, when I said he's one of us, he's made a Stargate face for it. I love him. I, yeah. No, David Hewlett's kind of one of the coolest people. I, I want that. But you can't, you can't look, you can't follow him on social media or anything yet. Damn it. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. But he is one of the, like, he's, he's, no, he would, he would, he would go well in our friend group from I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. So, we I start the episode. We start the episode. <laughs> I'm not saying in what capacity. Okay, I mean, he fair. could just come back in one key episode in a few years. He could be like super fan who wins a walk-on role and then they exactly. like him. Okay. I'm not saying in what capacity. I can't not say he doesn't come back because it's too hard for me to do. I just really need Sam to punch him in the face at least once. I won't say in what capacity or <laughs> or like how much we see him. Yeah. Um. But then there's probably like that, I'm just gonna keep making go, it uncomfortable. I'm just gonna keep that, drinking. That moonlighting thing where they hate each other but secretly they love each other like an 80s sitcom. Comedy. This coffee is not large enough for me this episode. <laughs> Mind you, hers is twice the size of mine. <laughs> Still not big enough for this episode. So we start the episode. Yes, with, with a great big graphics budget. Oh, yeah. All, all the graphics, all the budget went here. SG-1 running heavy weapons fire, yeah. death gliders. Uh, they make it to the gate in basically an action movie sequence. Someone just got new software that creates uh -huh. explosions and like lens flares. And Half those explosions are legit bigger explosions. Yeah. Somebody finally got the latest like whatever professional grade after effects uh -huh. they could get. Yeah. <laughs> after effects is professional grade. Well, that's true. I never think of it because I don't think of myself as a professional. <laughs> you and are... I'm like, there's got to be something higher than like, what I'm using. Premiere is also professional. There that's are fair. higher level things, but like, it's that's fair. professional. Yeah. Anyway, Teal'c is has that giant gun again. And he's the last one through the <laughs> yeah. gate as he goes. I love that giant his gun. Super soaker spraying uh -huh. black. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a giant super soaker yeah, too. It is a great big gun. But right as he goes through, he sees Tanith at the controls of an Alkesh, and he fires directly at the dun, cockpit. Dun, dun. And the ship crashes into the DHD and destroys it and the gate right as Tilt jumps through it. Yeah. And in the gate room, the gate shuts off, but there's no Tilk. Dude, did not we just talk about not leaving a man behind in the last... I want that kid to show up and be like, fair, no what's one going on, Jack? left him behind. No, no, you're right. No one did. No one left him behind. I do want to point out that the kaboosh looks slightly darker in this episode, in right in that beginning there. Oh, I never noticed. And it could just be, again, our new graphics, our it's new fancy lighting. graphics. Yeah. <laughs> so when we come back from credits, Jack immediately wants to go back. Hammond's like... Walter, dial up the planet. At least try. Like, we'll get him on radio first. Yeah. But once Walter gets to Chevron 2, he gets an error message. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why don't they just turn it off and turn it on? Exactly. Again? <laughs> Cycle the system. Yeah. 
Sam sees that there's something wrong with the, 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 the error message indicates there's something wrong with the gate itself, not the dialing protocol mm-hmm. computer. The dialing continues and... It's the, too foggy, so it can't take off. Exactly. <laughs> the computer is still not really sure what's going on. Yeah. So right before um, Jack came through the gate, the ship could have hit the gate, and if the gate was shut off while Teal'c was en route... Mm-hmm. And then they abort the dialing because they're like, we don't want to fuck anything up. Right. Which, to point out, this is different than... Um, there's there's a fine line difference between a couple episodes ago in Red Sky when they're like... Oh, yeah. If we shut the gate off in the middle, that the, 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 like, the elements will just disperse where it is. Right. But in this case... It wasn't, the gate wasn't shut off. It was, like, interrupted. Like, it was shut. So there's a very fine line difference between those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I imagine it's the difference between an actual power down versus pulling the plug on your computer. How it can affect things differently. Yeah, and it's it's also the exact timing. Because in this case, we learn, like, Teal'c made it to Earthside. Yeah. But he just wasn't able to become a Teal'c again. He's stuck in the computer. He's stuck in the computer. Uh, I wrote, is this worse than... Sam in the PC or better? Remember when well, Sam got stuck in the computer? Well, I would computer? say this. At least Tilk doesn't know what the fuck is going on. That's fair. He's just kind of in limbo. He's just in limbo. <laughs> so in the briefing room, Hammond and Daniel explained to us why they were on the planet the first time. Uh, yeah. um, Tanith was scouting on a planet for a new possible base and they I got did spotted. Write, Tan motherfucking if yeah. is back. <laughs> well, and then he's gone again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, they got spotted and they attacked and remember that old awesome history between Tilk and Tanith. Oh, yeah. Um, but now Tanith's gone. Yeah. Unless he survived a shot to the cockpit and then a giant crash. Yeah. Well, I have theories on Tanith. Okay. But we'll come back to that. Um, I do want to say, though, that Teok being stuck in the gate the way he is, there. yeah, there's a tiny Stormy that just there's, basically passed out. Like, the dog is, what, like, basically 60 or 70 pounds? Yeah. And is curled into a spot the size of my 30-pound Kaylee. Yeah. 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 Like, he's hungover. He's trying to make himself small. <laughs> Sorry for the, the pause distraction. I just has this, I have this mass in my side. I think it's very side. important that everybody knows how hungover the dog is. Because he goes to daycare sometimes on Saturdays yeah, or not, Sundays. He's not, like, drunk hungover. No, no, no. He just has, he's, um, what is it? He's, like, that, he's play-wasted. Play-wasted. Yeah. Um, I will say that the, I was saying that the yeah. anxiety of Tilk being stuck in the gate gave me that feeling like when your computer is frozen, but your project uh-huh. is not backed up uh-huh. anywhere else. And you're like, no, 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 we have to get this to uh-huh. work. Uh-huh. It's got to come out of here. Uh-huh. So it's the same type of anxiety. It very overcame much is. me. Except there's a Tilk involved. There's a Tilk involved. So <laughs> Sam comes up the stairs then. She yeah. thinks she knows what happened and it's not good. The Stargate's like a transporter in Star Trek. It converts matter into energy and then the second gate reassembles it back into matter right. again. And the Stargate can hold massive amounts of energy and information, but what it does is it gathers all the energy, makes sure it has all the puzzle pieces first, and, and then, then reassembles it. it. So yeah. the error they're getting is because the gate is holding all the teal puzzle pieces <gasps> and hasn't put them together yet. No, gate! So the other gate was destroyed. Solve the teal puzzle. Yeah, the other gate was destroyed before our gate could reassemble teal, so that's why it's like... It's having trouble. I'm just... Yeah. 
But right now, Sam doesn't know how to get Teal'c out of the Stargate's memory. And the yeah. worst part is, is there are safety pros, protocols in place. So mm-hmm. every time a wormhole is established, it erases the memory so it makes sure it has a clean slate to store right. people. It's like clearing the cache it's so that you don't run cache. out of room. Yep. So no one can dial the in. The gate is a computer. Can we build a gate? I mean, we Orla did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Let's build it. Uh, so no one can dial in or out or Teal'c will get erased. And they have eight teams off world. Yeah, that's no good for anybody. So Sila can work on offsetting the iris so that instead of sitting a few microns in front of the event horizon, it actually blocks the event horizon. It's like burying the gate, which mm-hmm. I'm like, why do you have to modify the iris? Just like park a melt there. Yeah. Yeah. Stick a broom handle there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to like modify the iris. Yeah, it's going to be okay. There's yeah. better things Sila can <laughs> be doing with this time. Simpler, simpler <laughs> solutions. Um, but the Russians still have the DHD, and when that's connected to the second gate, it becomes the dominant gate on Earth. Yeah. So Ham's going to contact the Well, you're, you're switching your server. Yes. You're switching your primary server. <laughs> so about this whole... Computer analogies that are probably wrong. Oh, we're getting into more <laughs> computer analogies here. Yeah. How much storage would it take to store a human? <laughs> oh, wow. So there's an estimate that I saw in a couple places online that the just the neural map of the brain... Mm-hmm would be around 20 petabytes, which, as a reference, a petabyte is a million gigabytes. Whoa, that's a lot of them. So I had a class in college my last year that was called The Physics of Science Fiction. Oh, and so this- How to Store a Human is a good name for, a, like, a horror book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. There, but there's a story that, that, like, one of my favorite things I took from this class is... The concept of... Because essentially, these are transporters from Star Trek. That's essentially what the Stargate okay. is, over long distance. But if you're talking about a person, you're not just storing their brain, you're also storing the information of their body, all the physical right. stuff as well, because the neural map of the brain is just the energy of your brain. Yeah, I mean, the, it's almost like the brain itself is one computer. Yeah. Yeah. So this is... That's not including any of the physical stuff of yeah. your body, and each cell, each atom... You have to map its location in 3D space. Yeah. Also, all the information, like the internal state, the energy levels of the electrons, if it's part of a molecule. Like, the idea is, is that there is so much data that goes into just the, you know, the instruction book on how to build a human. Sure, yeah. Would take up more storage space than every book ever written by humans. It's insane when you think of it that way. But yeah. It's uh, like a fraction. When uh, I think it's one of the things that has me that I get so into when why I like neurotransmitters as Uh much as I do, because the idea of how they work, it's just this fucking most sophisticated piece of computer Uh that has ever been. Basically, there's some sort of science or God hacker man that has created us all. Yeah. (laughs) Like you would need like. Six or seven times the storage space that it would take to store every, digitally, every book ever written by humans. Holy fuck. It would take six or seven times that amount to store the data information for one human. We're pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's not even taking into account the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, which, by the way, Star Trek literally created a Heisenberg compensator for that reason. (laughs) So many words. When you say Heisenberger, I think of Breaking Bad. (laughs) Well, it's Heisenberg. Yes, yeah, it's Heisenberg. (laughs) To be fair, that came from Heisenberg that this principle came from. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, Walter White's a smarty pants. He is. And so that is just like... 
the so if you think about the fact that you're sending multiple people at some cases you've sent like a whole herd of people through stargate at once yeah how much data the stargate can hold is <laughs> stupid it's uh, insane. and then you get into the whole philosophical question of this episode oh yeah okay so if the Stargate is transporting energy, mm-hmm. okay, so if the, if the Stargate is transporting the Ikea build instructions for a human. Yes. But not actually transporting the puzzle pieces for the human. Right. Is the person you come out the other side actually the same person as the one that goes in? <sighs> is the Stargate, if it's just transporting the energy, are you destroyed when you right. enter a Stargate and then a copy of you is created on the other side. I think that's where you get into discussions about soul. Uh-huh. Because where does that get stored? Because clearly their souls are not affected. Right. By the Stargate. Like, are these clones and copies? Have Are we like, have they been cloning and copying SG-1 for like a hundred times? Oh my God, yeah. Just killing them and re- like uh-huh. Our death count is way higher. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it... it, it it's so, such a cool... Yeah. So there's also a question of of energy. Yeah. Like, if you are... There's a shit ton of energy that would be produced. Because E equals MC squared, our mm-hmm. favorite equation, yeah. means that if you, if you transport just over 100 pounds, like 50 kilograms, which is just over 100 pounds, it would be converted into a thousand megaton hydrogen bomb. Fuck. <laughs> I can't, I can't wrap my head around a lot no. of this. But it's just that because matter, to, to convert matter into energy, like matter creates a large amount of energy, right. which is what E equals MC squared is. The energy yeah, is, is mass. mass times the speed of light squared. Right. So for ev- So there's so much mass going in that there's you're so much mass. shit ton more. It's like, be, it's like you're getting. <laughs> so every time you put mass in, you're getting exponential amounts yes. of energy through. I get it. Now. Yeah. So okay. if you if you are converting a tilk, that's a shit ton of energy. Yeah, because that is a lot of mass. Exactly <laughs> into into energy, which is what the Stargate is transporting over space. So if this theory isn't true, like there's just like a little like an atomic bombs worth uh-huh. of energy hanging out in the Stargate. Yeah, just hanging out in that yeah. little. In between uh-huh. limbo space. Uh-huh. Whoa. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> and it's a giant atomic bomb. Well, and it's also insane to think that that's how much energy it takes to build back a person. Yes. And then you have that. Just walking atomic bombs. Uh-huh. And then you have that on top of the fact <laughs> of the moral quandary, or are we just cloning people over and over again and destroying them every time they walk through the Stargate? That's cool. Well, and then you can bring up... I just created this for myself. Go for then it. Then you bring up a whole nother moral quandary of like, or a whole nother philosophical idea that if we are this much matter and this much energy, and we are these little walking atomic bombs, you can actually rationalize that and say, well, people are. People are the most powerful weapon. Yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. It's all science, even the philosophy. Uh-huh. The science of philosophy. The science of philosophy. But there's a great... I'm sure people have heard the book that's the science of Star Trek. It's a great book. They touch on this subject for sure in there. Um, that was basically my textbook for this class in college. Nice. It was It was a really fun class. But that's the part that, that stuck with me the longest. Besides the fact that if you fire a photon torpedo, you then have to fire your engines in the opposite direction. <laughs> because yeah, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's the other part. Because of inertia? 
That, no, that's a that's a body motion state. No. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember anything. Physics is not my strong suit. <laughs> I like physics. Okay. So, anyways, yes, there that whole interesting part of this episode. Oh yeah. Um, so Hammett gets off the phone with the president yes. and sends Daniel to be the liaison in Russia. I'm so excited that Daniel gets such a big part. I know. And, and really, everyone does this episode, but for them to be like, we're going to send one of our best guys yeah. over to Russia. The, that's you, Daniel. The look on Daniel's face when he's like, you're the best man I was talking it's about. Like, he's like, what, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like record scratch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you may be wondering how I got here. <laughs> so meanwhile, the next team to check back in is SG-5 and Leslie in an hour and Siler's working as fast as he can to modify the iris which again I'm like just park a melt there yeah dude just yeah. park a fucking melt there <laughs> um so Sam is working on in the control room and Jack comes up and asks if he can help <laughs> which is adorable yeah it is very sweet because she she starts talking science uh-huh. at him and I love this because I think this is what I I may have been in this situation before <laughs> with like a boyfriend, Jesse, or with a Nixie where I was like, how can I help? And then you blurt out vomit science. And I was like, well, I just meant like, do you need some water? You need Are a you coffee? Because like- <laughs> Sam's like, well, without the DHD, I have to create an interface between our own computer and the gate in order to dial normally. Um, yeah. But that was mostly trial and error. So now I have to figure out a new trial and error to figure out how to send a different set of signals that override. <laughs> one of the gate's primary functions. Jack's like, can I, co- coffee? Is that, that's what, that's. So like a nice stiff drink? Yeah. Yeah. They need a hacker man. And yeah. again, this meme's going to keep coming up because I keep seeing it in my brain when this happens. They need hacker man. Sam's not even sure the gate can do what they're trying to get it to do. Resume an integration process. It's been shut off in the middle. So, you know, she's getting more and more worried that they're not going to be able to get Teal back, but she's not going to give up. Yeah. Never give up, never surrender. Yeah, that's who she, she's watched a lot of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yes. So in Moscow, um, somewhere near Red Square, it seems, uh-huh. uh, Daniel and Major Davis arrive to meet Colonel Chekhov, which also Major Davis is a, also really great in this episode. Yeah. He's super strong. Like, he's... He plays a good, intense dude. He does. He's great in this episode. Which, fun fact, because I just learned recently separate from this, hmm. it's called Red Square, not because of the color, but because the word for red in Russian, which I'm not even going to pretend to butcher for you, also means beautiful. Oh. So it can also sort of translate into beautiful square. It makes sense why the color red is so prominent. Yeah. If it's, yeah. Yeah. Interchangeable. It makes sense that so, it's become this idea. It was just a fun little fact Our that I randomly heard separately. So there's some major snark inside remarks about the situation. Yeah. How the Russian program isn't the only one that ends yeah. up in shitty situations. Maybe we'll help you, but first we're going to rub your nose in Uh-huh. <laughs> And the Russians have contacted all the off-world teams. Two have already returned back. And Chekhov, you know, like, wants it clear that the Russian military isn't just here to be, like, SG-1's lapdogs and do their bidding. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, look, our governments may have a deal. I don't really give a shit about it. Yeah. And everyone at this table knows that all of us are blatantly ignoring that agreement that was made. Yeah, yeah. Basically, we're all a bunch of dicks and we're not here to help you. We're not friends. No, they're not. They're like, we're being forced to work together, but that doesn't mean we have to like it. Right. Yeah. So back in the commissary of SGC, which I said correctly, and I'm really happy, (laughs) Jack is sleeping. I love this. It's It's such a sweet scene. It's so um, flawed, human. Yeah. I don't know. What's the word? But just he's just like, fuck, I'm helpless. Uh Uh-huh. It's vulnerable. That's the word I'm looking for. Hammond wakes him up and tells him to go home. And Jack's like, no, 
No. Uh, yeah. He's he's clearly concerned. He feels helpless because there's nothing he can do he in this situation. Is, yeah. Like, this is not... There's no bad guys to go shoot. Mm-hmm. There's no tactical things to figure out. Yeah. Um, he's like, I got five minutes of sleep. I'm good. <laughs> um, and he's like, we wouldn't be in this situation if Tilka just followed orders, but that whole Jaffa revenge thing. Yeah. And even that is, to some degree, like a... He's just a trying sl- to make an excuse. Yes. Anything yeah. to feel better about this. So, in the briefing room... Yeah. Hammond is introduced to Dr. McKay by mm-hmm. Colonel Simmons. Yeah. He's been studying the Stargate out of Area 51. He's had a virtual computer built while the second gate was there, so he doesn't need access to the real thing. He's not really impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of a smug asshole. He's kind of a smug asshole. <laughs> I wrote jerk face scientist, is what I wrote. <laughs> and uh, and the Pentagon consider- considers him the foremost expert on the Stargate. I'm with Sam. In this moment, well, I, I don't know. Well, we'll get there. Since we'll get Sam, there. as McKay points out, spends most of her time in the field and all. I love that there's someone in this world who thinks Sam is basically Jack. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Uh-huh. In McKay's eyes, she's like a Jack character. There is a scene later on that I will point to where McKay's not saying things in an act in a nice way, but he kind of has a point later on. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but I love that 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 there's someone who's who's um he's relatively like, that much more of a nerd than Sam. Is. Yeah, I mean, McKay <laughs> literally just assumes that Sam is GI Barbie. Yeah, with she's a, like with you're a just brain. fucking knocking heads around. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Hammond tries to rightfully defend Sam's Stargate supremacy. You're smart for a fucking shitty soldier. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hammond does try to defend Sam's Stargate supremacy, but McKay points out how badly her interface is flawed. And he's... He's not wrong! (laughs) He's he's not. He's just a jerk face about it. Yeah, he just Um, has no freaking tagged. No. He's he's to report... Maybe he should take a lesson in in Daniel school. Yeah, (laughs) because there are some highly intelligent people who do not have the tact. It's like their brain cells went to intelligence and not people's. Well, it's like sometimes you need that. In order to have that kind of focus, you need to not be... It's kind of like the way that... uh, is it Steve Jobs did this and I don't know what yeah. Einstein did but maybe not where it's like I don't want to focus any energy on what I'm wearing today uh-huh. because all of that energy needs to be focused on this other well, thing well it's not a mystery like Steve Jobs was a jerk yeah but it's that same idea yeah. like let me just focus everything here uh-huh. I'm aware that yeah. I'm not focusing anything mm-hmm. anywhere else but look at these cool things I made yeah so McKay is to report to Sam oh and there's a time limit now 48 yeah. hours. Mother fucking time limit. Hammond anyway. is about to detach his jaw and swallow Simmons whole. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Sam and McKay <laughs> seem like they will... Visual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and McKay and Sam seems like they'll work great together, oh, guys. Oh, yeah. Like, Sam's not going to kill him immediately. They're best friends. Bestest friends. In Hammond's office, he's like... You come in here to my house yeah. on the day my daughter's to be married yeah. and dictate procedure to yeah, me? Yeah, this is best Brando ever. Uh, and Simmons is like, look, I'm just the messenger. Uh, yes, we're all aware of the contributions Teal'c's making over years. And he tr- and then Simmons tries to make an illusion that Teal'c's life is not as valuable as, quote, one of your own people. And Hammond's like, motherfucker, he is one of our own people. Yes, which is, yeah. Like, again, Simmons, man. Someone just needs to... <sighs> yeah. There's always going to be a Simmons in this world. So, um, he's like, yeah, like, 
all the off-home teams are home safe, and but the Pentagon isn't willing to deal with the Russians in the long term. So Sam and McKay have to figure out a solution in two days, or Hammond will be ordered to resume sending teams off-world again. Damn. Back in Moscow, Daniel's like, so yeah, all of our teams are home safe, but now we need you to send another team off-world to find some allies that could save Teal. I mean, they're allies of Earth, all of Earth. Yeah. Um, and Chekhov's like, look, while the DHG is connected... Like, the Russian, my people, the Russian people are vulnerable to attack. Yeah. Chekhov is not a fan of the deal that was made between the governments. He's no, like, especially because they had nothing, yeah. They yeah. had no say in anything. There's no say. He's like, I'm not just going to loan out the gate to you whenever the SGC needs it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to use the gate, they actually have to essentially it's, pay it's for a, it. It's not a library book you can just yeah. check out whenever the hell you want. They essentially have to pay for it. Like, they have to give something in significance in return to the use of their Stargate. Yeah. I do want to mention this particular argument has some really weird shots. Yes. That kind of, like, throw me out. And, and here's what I... This is going to be a weird parallel, but stay with me. Okay. So there's this weird argument shots where they're really tight on the face and mm-hmm. slightly off-center. Uh, off center. Um, this is really distracting. And this is a, another quality that another show has done that has stayed with me just as, mm-hmm. as weird and be, as distracting. It's an episode in Gilmore Girls. <laughs> where everything the big, goes back yeah, to Gilmore everything Girls. Everything is Gilmore Girls. <laughs> no, there's an episode where they're at the family dinner and there's just this giant argument. You mean every episode? Well, yeah, okay, the yeah. one in particular yes. after the big split with Rory okay. and Lorelai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the camera's just kind of swiveling around back and forth to the different actors. I don't know if this was a thing in the early 2000s or what, but it's so distracting and I don't love it. Well, I don't know if it's something in the visual language of, like, trying to put you off kilter, specifically with the camera And I think it is. Location. And I think it is. I'm just not a huge fan of gotcha. it. Gotcha. But distracting, <laughs> must point out weird distract. Flag in the field. Flag on the play. Flag Look, the play. it's still not distracting as the CG removing of a mustache <laughs> on Henry Cavill in <laughs> Justice League. I couldn't even watch any scenes of Superman. <laughs> like, just cover his mouth. It would have been more appropriate if he was just, like, eating and yeah. everything. Or standing behind a thing uh-huh. every scene. Yeah, yeah. Just, just <laughs> kick, put the put the glasses in the nose and he's wearing like yeah. that. Or he, it's really cold so he's got a scarf across That's it. his new disguise is yeah. like the glasses with the nose and mustache attached. Just do that even while yeah. he's Superman. It's kind of like uh, just treat it the way they did the old school um, sitcoms with the pregnancies. Uh-huh. Like just hide it in really yeah. blatantly yeah, 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 obvious yeah. ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jack is leaving a gas station and Asshat shows up <laughs> yeah. or as his new nickname, yeah. Rat bastard yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack will not hesitate to kick Mayborn's ass since yeah. Jack assumes he's the one that betrayed him back at the abandoned hospital and is the reason he was shot and the ghoul escaped <laughs> um, but Mayborn's like look it wasn't me I can assure you it wasn't me mm-hmm. I would not have returned if I betrayed you like that yeah um, but he's heard about Teal'c. He does, like it or not, have some affection for SG-1. Mm-hmm. Um, he does hope Teal'c removes, returns safe, and he warns Jack about Frank Simmons. Yeah. So him, like, Simmons and Mayborn have a history. Whatever he's up to will not be good for the SGC or for Teal'c. Right. Uh, and if, like... Jack, if Jack needs him, he's going to be at the inn under the name Cassidy. <laughs> okay. um, also, we find out that Asshat is the one who recruited Simmons into the NID. Good job. So he knows him very well. Yeah. Back at Sam's lab, McKay's like, look, we got off on the wrong foot. Let's start over. <laughs> he wants uh, to make it clear. 
<laughs> he wants to make it clear that he does not work for Simmons or the NID. He is mm-hmm. an Air Force contractor who reports to the chiefs of staff directly. Basically, he's going, please don't hit me. Please I don't just hit remember me. remember how powerful you yeah. are. <laughs> uh, and um, he wants to be honest with Sam. It's just a waste of time to assume that Sam is right about everything. Oh. Which, again, says is said in their own way. But it's kind of true. I wrote, so let me tell you that we're on the same page here. I wrote, Sam is a smart ass to McKay, but he's not wrong. Exactly. <laughs> um, he points out that the gate wasn't meant to be used with a computer. Yeah. And her system is, like, ignores over half the error messages the gate can emit. And yeah. it's a fluke the computer picked this one up. And it's a fluke this one, this hasn't happened before. It's, it's so insane that there is a character so by the book... Uh-huh. That he makes Sam appear as cavalier. Yeah. Or, like, rogue. And Sam doesn't want to hear it. She's like, if you have anything positive to add, get out of my lap. Like, yeah. she's, she's, and I know the exact feeling she has. She's, she's in that phase of, like, I, t- I she's, she's, she sort of rules this roost enough. Yeah. That's to someone coming. She's like, doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. There's a major, like, hurt to her ego. And we don't think of Sam as being this egotistical character at all. Yeah. But this, having McKay come in and point these things out. Well, as, he's like a pro at what she usually. Exactly. Uh, you know, takes over. Uh-huh. The things that she hoards is her own. So, like, we don't think of her as being an egotistical character in any way. But this is yeah. one of the first episodes we've really seen, like, her ego sort of be bruised and heard. Like, I can't fault her for reacting as she does to McKay because he's an asshole with how he says it. But, like, she's like, yeah, but I, he's yeah. kind of right. He's, I don't want to admit it. He's threatening her nerd cred, uh-huh. which is what she's is really comfortable in, especially yes. in the SGC. Yeah. So and then, then the phone rings, safe by the bell. It's Daniel. SG-5 got back from talking to the Togra, and they said DHD should solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would compensate for the loss of power and allow the gate to finish reintegration. Mm-hmm. But the DHD is in the hand of the Russians. And it's basically impossible to get their hands on the moment, at least without giving back Alaska. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But also, uh, the Togra said that hooking up a DHD could just reset the system anyway and lose Tilk's pattern altogether. So basically, they just called a uh, support. Uh-huh. You know, the 24-hour hotline uh-huh. support. And the Togro was like, I mean, you could do this, but there's no guarantees. Yeah, there's no guarantees. <laughs> They're working on I just problem. called the Geek Squad, and the Geek Squad says <laughs> that if I bring it down to Best Buy, they can try to save all the files that I have on this computer, but there's no guarantees. But we could still lose everything, yeah. because you didn't back up your teal. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you not back up your teal? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Simmons knocks on Hammond's door. He does, like, he's like, do I have a choice but to let you in? And he helpfully reminds Hammond that they have 32 hours left. Mm. Hammond, or Simmons doesn't even think that Sam and McKay together could solve this problem, but he can provide Hammond with the information to save Teal'c. But how important is it, and it will not be free? Unhappy Grace. <laughs> Hammond is like, is this officially on behalf of the NID? Do you know how many crimes you are committing right now? Yeah. And Simmons is like, look, you have two options. You can either give me what you want, which is a small token, or you can call and report the conversation in which I would deny everything. He's kind of got some balls on him, that guy. I know. And Hammond's like, I could have you arrested right now. Yeah. And Simmons is like, yeah, but if you did, you'd never see Tilk again. Hmm. So... 
Obviously, uh, hmm. Hammond informs yeah. Jack of the conversation that just oh, yeah. happens, and Jack... Jack, we're gonna need you to go on your own little side story, because yeah. everybody's got something to do this episode, <laughs> and we can't just have you sleeping in the commissary. Exactly. Like, like, this is something you can actually do. <laughs> yeah. So Jack shows up to Asset's hotel room and uh-huh. offers, and, and Asset's like, I can just take care of Simmons for you. I mean, yeah. I'm already wanted for treason. I, I feel like he wants to. He's like, like he's it been, would be my pleasure. Please been, let like, me. looking for a good reason. Because he's now on this journey to become a moral person yeah. after the years and years of doing he's what he did. He's gonna be chaotic good though. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's like oh, can I do this? Because I, I haven't done anything bad in a long time. I know. I really can like I to kill Simmons. Do this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jack's like, I'm going to pretend I just didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, turns out that Simmons is blackmailing Hammond for a Gould hand device, mm. which is basically admitting that they have the, the Conrad Gould guy. Uh-huh. Which means he's out there and they can find him. Yep. So back in Moscow, David's... I'm really happy, too, that we get Maybor back so he could be like, guess what? I didn't shoot you. I'm not the bad yes, guy. Yes, yes. Let's get that out of the way. Exactly. Now, yeah. Because that, yeah, that episode left me pretty upset. It did. As, well, as, I mean, we did know that Simmons is the one that shot him, but we, we didn't did. know well, who we, tipped Simmons off. Uh, yeah, what left me so upset was that Mayborn is still seen as the bad guy yeah. at the end of that episode. He's he's not, he's a, not bad a good guy. guy. He's, he's just a bad Bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) So back in Moscow, Davis reads through the list of Russian demands they want in return for all the help they've just given. Yeah. And they basically want a Russian team permanently stationed at the SGC, and they want access to all the mission files and have all the technology be shared equally. Yeah. Um, My brain, uh, I have to interrupt you. Yeah. Because my brain is like, well, very naive brain of mine. Very hopeful brain of mine. It's like... (laughs) Well, that would be great if they could all work together. Uh-huh. It would, would be. be the coolest. No, that's kind of work. No, it's that's not, not going to happen. Um, and they want... Um, the, so the current Russian government doesn't want to run its own program right now. But they do have the DHD, so they can easily have the dominant operational gate if mm-hmm. in the future they want to. Right. And Davis is like... He just goes balls out. He goes, this could be interpreted as an act of war. Yeah, I mean, this is the new Cold War weapons. And and Chekhov is like, well, how would you go to war over something your people know nothing about? (laughs) Which, to be fair, wouldn't take that much, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Daniel wants to put something else on the table. Yeah, Daniel puts his biggest balls in the world up on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) In a way that I would have never guessed. Well, okay. What do you want for your D? What can we do to buy you out cold yeah. right now, you DHD? <laughs> yeah. It's your long term bargaining trip. Trip. Yeah. Ship. Just give it back. What do you want? Yeah. Everything has a price. What do you want? We'll buy you out right now. It's a nice little glimpse into when we see like the evil Daniel happen. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, he does have this yeah. in him. Uh-huh. It's a nice little glimpse into that because ultimately he's like, well, let me play on the ugliest parts of. Yeah, Dipl- of people because uh-huh. I know people. Yeah, Daniel knows me, people. Look, I can play nice, but I can also dig into these ugly, amoral parts. Like, yep. how much money is this worth? Yeah, how me? much money? What do you want? Yeah, my goodness. So, um, Mayborn is doing his hacking thing. <laughs> Mayborn she- is our hacker man. He is our hacker man. <laughs> He's doing it in my dad's shirt from the two thousands too. <laughs> that shirt, I'm like, that's so familiar. And I'm like, I think maybe every dad had that shirt. I don't know if my dad... It's not quite my dad's style. It's like a slightly tribal pattern, yeah. but it's still a polo. Uh-huh. It's still a dad shirt. It is. But it's like... But look, it's a fun dad shirt. Because <laughs> it's a little crazy with a tribal pattern. So ensuring... <laughs> wearing it with my doctors. So, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Mayborn does ensure Jack that... like it, Unlike last time, the NID won't be able to track him. Um, and unsurprisingly, the NID has legitimate... 
and less than legitimate huh. operations. Those Weird. ones are kept off the books, but all the legit ones are filed with the Pentagon. Yeah. So if Simmons is stupid enough to, like, even fly an NID plane to go visit the Gould, it would be logged. Yeah. And luckily, Asshat is one of the few who knows all of the NID safe houses in the country. Mm-hmm. And look at that. A plane is diverted to Minot, Minot, Min, okay. Minot, uh-huh. Minot, North Dakota on its way to Colorado Springs. Hmm. 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 In the commentary, back in SGC. <laughs> one of my favorite teams. I know, it's great. Sam and McCary discussing how they need to figure out how to establish an event horizon without a kawoosh, since mm-hmm. that's the part that ripes the crystals. Yep. Yeah. And while they're getting food, Sam gets blue jello. Yeah, I was going to say, doesn't McKay know that all the cool kids eat blue jello? Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, and McKay thinks it's possible, and Sam's like, I've seen it done. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I love their, is there lemon in this chicken? Yeah. Well, it's lemon chicken. I decided that that chef is just sad because he doesn't have a cool tilk. He doesn't. Chef no, he hat. doesn't. It's just plain, boring white hat. And, yeah. and McKay is mortally allergic to citrus. citrus. Okay, yeah, I have to point out, I actually ran this back to make sure he said what I thought he said. He uh-huh. goes, oh, you know, I don't want a hypoglycemic incident. I'm like, uh-huh. wait, so lemon gives you low blood sugar. No, no, no. I think I think they're two separate things. Okay. I think he's talking about he can't have the lemon chicken because he's he's mortally allergic to citrus. But the reason he's like downing his food is, is because he okay. hasn't eaten in a Got while. Got it. Because I was like, those two. No, things they're not. Don't make sense. No, because because <laughs> Sam points out that like you're hungry, aren't you? And he's just like feeding. Like he's like just yes, shoveling. You're right. Food you're right. Mouth. You're right. That does happen. <laughs> okay. Um, good. So, um, and I'm gonna take a drink. Right here. <laughs> yeah, there's clearly Drink. there's clearly chemistry here. So what type of chemistry? <laughs> the kind where Sam's gonna punch him in the face and then kiss him. So they get into a very heated argument. I'm just gonna keep moving. He very heated argument in which Sam thinks the energy for teal stored in the crystals is stored at a subatomic level. So even when the energy dissipates there'll be enough to work with because the data is still there because they're at a level of quantum physics that they're like is way beyond anyone on earth i love that while i'm talking grace is just giggling in the background because here's i have to show you i have to show you my notes i'm so interested in this chemistry that i wrote science 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 why not sam hit him Uh, and then McKay thinks <laughs> that she is dreaming and guessing wildly because to him, the data is stored as energy. And as the crystals have lost way too much of the energy that's basically losing the Teal information, he's measured it and he assumes Teal is already dead. Which Sam realizes is where the Pentagon got the 48-hour deadline. Yeah. And then there's the great, that's why it's called a deadline comment. They could be arguing about, like, which orange to buy at the grocery yes. store. Right? It does not matter. The argument is, like, it matters because it's teal, but it does not matter. Because it's really just about how much she wants to deck him. But also... There's, and there's there's and then and then McKay has the I wish I didn't find you so attractive. He's uh-huh. always had a weakness for dumb blondes. This is where this is where I'm like, just throw the table at him. And then Sam tells him to go suck a lemon. <laughs> she storms off. I really, really wish. <laughs> yeah. I really want her to just like throw the table just turn up the table at him and then sprinkle some lemon juice on him yeah <laughs> then just walk away um yeah that scene is 
yeah kind of one of my favorite it's a good scene i will say that it's one of my faves i'm digging this so in north dakota at the nit location this it's all security cameraed up up the butt all the security cameras <laughs> way, way up, up there, there. morty <laughs> and there's a breach in the perimeter you don't have to to. let's play find the gold <laughs> <laughs> it's like the legends of the hidden temple uh-huh. but instead of the token they have to yeah. find a gold uh-huh. so he's gotta go in bash everybody <laughs> take everything out anyway there's a guard uh, who doesn't then check in as he checks the perimeter and then the power goes out and then the backup doesn't work and red alert guys yeah uh, and in the room with the gould the gould smirks <laughs> as Mayborn gets into the surveillance room and Jack turns the power back on mm-hmm. and the two uh, guards are quickly taken out yeah and Jack's like hey Conrad Gould uh, you're gonna tell me everything <laughs> I wanna know yeah oh, damn Mayborn you're crazy Mayborn Jack's is, not far behind he's, they're both cray cray yeah. <laughs> so back in Moscow Daniel has a point yeah. okay by this point in the episode I'm so giddy I'm so giddy that I wrote in Russia wormhole goes through you <laughs> Basically, yes. The end. Yeah. Um, he's like, look, what you did in the past few days, you did in good faith. But now, like, all they're asking for is stuff that we've already promised to them. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. they're not, like, asking for anything new. They're asking for things that we, as our government, has already agreed yeah, to. Yeah. And Davis is like, no, you're still crazy. Yeah, still not insane. happening. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, the room is bugged, but they already know what we're talking about anyway. Yeah. Um, and then they debate the finer points of weapon-grade Nakoda versus Nakoda generator technology, which, yes, needs Nakoda to work, yeah. but, like, Daniel has a point. They can already blow us up 200 times over. So, What's adding some more? Yeah, they can just turn us into finer dust. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> as, as he sips, like, a cup of tea, I feel like... Because <laughs> he's got, like, a mug in his hand, and it's yeah. like, he's just so chill about he it. Is. Like, he is channeling his inner, like, yeah. uh, evil villain. Like, I know. You know what I mean? He's just gonna channel that, and he's like, I can play on this side of the game. Michael Shanks is so great this episode. Yeah, he's good stuff. I don't know whether to give the Terror Award to Michael Shanks or to give it to David Hewlett. Oh, oh, stop. <laughs> I know. I feel like he gets the best breakout star Terror Award. Okay, okay. Because that is a breakout. Because I'm claiming it now. <laughs> We're gonna see more of this asshole. They wouldn't write him so well and make him so much fun to watch <laughs> if they're gonna take him away. If they did, they would have made him played by someone of a someone more popular, kind of like what they did with uh, Deloise, with Dom Deloise. Okay, yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. You don't get someone that much fun who's not if they're never coming back. So Daniel wants to trade the generator, the the Nakoda generator technology for the DHD because mm-hmm. the generator is years away from practical implementation, but the DHD could prevent them, like right now, could prevent them from being the dominant gate. Yeah. Look, we've already told them we're going to share technology. We can require supervision of the NACWIDA, same way they want to monitor mm-hmm. gate use, you know, at the SGC. And Daniel snarks at, like, look, have the whole time have we been using the gate to save the world, but really we're only using it to save the good old US of A? Yeah. So, like, this whole, t- this the entire conversation, Daniel's like, look, I'm going to, like, sort of logic you out of all this. <laughs> and Davis is He's like, like, no, I'm going to stand put, stand firm, real. My boot is yeah. really big yeah. and really down hard. This is what I do for here. Where uh, Daniel, you can play devil's advocate yeah. all you want. <laughs> it's not happening. Which yeah. I also appreciate because uh, I tend to be the one playing devil's advocate yeah. in many He's, conversations. Yeah, he just really channeling it really well in this episode. 
So back in North Dakota, Jack uh, wants into the cell and Asset opens it for him. I do love the way they keep him in like a like a weird exotic bird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at my gold. Look, you check it out. He's just yeah. like in, a, in a cell in the middle of a room. Next to a desk. <laughs> like really desk. like. With these beautiful, the beautiful sunlight. Yeah. Every now and then I like to see him sing for me. Sing for me gold. Yeah. Goldie watercracker. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Goldie watercracker. <laughs> um. And he's like, look, I want to know how to save Teal'c or I will kill you. Yeah. And don't doubt that I will because I don't really give a shit about yeah, your host. Yeah, none fucks. Because <laughs> you tried to kill Sam. So, like, yeah, that's you right. can't play the, oh, the host will die card at me because yeah, I don't like, actually sweet, care. So I get to kill two people I don't like. <laughs> um, I'm for it. And then Conrad's like, well, once I'm free, I'll tell you. And Jack's like, no. 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 You have none bargaining chips in this situation. And, and, and Conrad is like, well, you know, Simmons was much better at offering me shit. And then Jack's like, oh, oh, you already had this conversation? Yeah. Oh, and there's security cameras here? Okay, yeah. we're done. Haha, uh-huh, you just gave me what I wanted, you dum dum. Um, and somehow he has to explain to Asshat the logic behind that. But whatever. <laughs> they go looking for footage from yeah. two days ago. And back in Moscow, Chekhov is back. Yes. The agreement isn't everything they wanted, but, you know, Look, they have already agreed that both sides have ignored the agreement for years. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's actually try to stick to the pre-established agreement this time. (laughs) And uh, Chekhov's like, okay, fine, let's try it for a month. And then at that point, if it sticks, we'll give you the DHD. And Daniel's like, no, fuck you. Like, this is not a negotiation. I want the DHD now. So, here's my theory on how this all how Daniel is, is is bringing all this power forward in him. So he is just... It's it's 2002, uh-huh. right? Um, which means that he was young and impressionable in the 80s. Yes. So he has just turned himself into every 80s hero that faces the <laughs> Russians. Like, he's channeling everything he knows and is like, yes, I am the one. It is all on me. He's just basically, like, turned himself into Die Hard right Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Die Hard, Rocky fighting what's-his-face from the... Uh, Bond. Like, yeah, yeah. Bond, Bond was always Russian. Everyone. Everyone yeah. who ever fought the Russians is like, I'm going to be all of my heroes in one today. Um, yes. That's my theory. Um, and he... And I love... Where Daniel's like, look, this is to save a good friend of mine. A friend who, mind you, went without hesitation to save the missing Russian team. Yeah. And Chekhov's like, yeah, the one where they all died. <laughs> oh, that's right. And he's like, look, uh, that wasn't our fault. Yeah. Um, and, and he's like, well, Colonel Zukov was a friend of Chekhov's. And Daniel's like, fine, so you must know how I feel right now with my friend trapped in the gate. Boom. Check and mate. He's like, look, lend us the DHD now. You can come with us. Yeah. So back in the briefing room, Sam comes in saying that Daniel is coming with the DHD, and Hammond's like, look, I've just been ordered to resume gate operation. No. SG2 is about to leave. And Hammond's hands are tied. Yeah. And he knows that opening the gate is basically murdering Teal'c. And, like, I, we, we all know how amazing Hammond is, but I just want to give him mad props how much he would do for his people. Right here, he's like, my only other choice is to resign, and if that hour will be enough for you, then I will resign. I can't believe he, the man, is it's something. Like, without even thinking about it, he's like, he's like does, it, is, does that help you? Yeah. <laughs> and Sam's like, sadly, no. Yeah. And he's like, seriously, tell me what I can do, yeah. because I will do it right now. And yeah. Sam's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. 
So he walks down to the control room where Simmons is lurking, as Simmons do. Yeah. And tells Walter to dial the gate. And Sam is in the briefing room watching this, and there's an urgent call from Jack that comes in. <gasps> that comes in in the Nick Nolte of time, because yep. I had to get a 48 hours reference in. <laughs> so Sam rushes down to the control room as Chevron 5 is locking in, and she's like, abort now. Yeah. Jack gets information to save Teal'c. Also, he has information to incriminate Simmons. Uh-huh. So Hammond is happy to shut the gate oh, down. Yeah. And to have Simmons arrested and tells the SF that if he resists, shoot him. Yeah. And he's like, sweet. <laughs> so in the in, in the briefing room, they watch the video of Simmons chatting with Conrad. Mm-hmm. And he says to remove the master crystal before they attach the DHD is the key to this. And McKay is mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's jo- he's pulling your leg. He wants to watch you. He wants you guys to destroy yourself. Right. Removing the master control crystal would basically be unregulated energy flowing around. And if basically a little bit of energy goes to the wrong place, boom. Yeah. And Jack eyebrows that and asks Sam. And she's, <laughs> she's like, like, I don't know what that means. And Sam's like, well, technically, yes. But we can take steps to prevent that happening. And McKay interrupts her and is like, you're a certifiable whack job. And so are you, Hammond, if you're going to listen to her. And he's like, I am, but you still love me. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, and then her cl- judgment is being clouded by personal feelings. And that Teal'c is toast. He's not wrong that her judgment is being clouded. Yes. Uh, and Sam's like, look, I can make the risk of explosion very small. Mm-hmm. And McKay doesn't want to stick around while they blow themselves up. Mm-hmm. And Hammond's like, great, you're playing these for Russia in an hour. Ha <laughs> get out. His new, ass- <laughs> his new assignment is to supervise the development of the Russian NACWA Generator program. Yeah. <laughs> and McKay's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that because the food is horrible and I'm a civilian. Which I have not been to Russia. Yeah. But I've been to a couple of countries nearby that have similar foods. Uh-huh. And I'm a little offended by that comment. The food's great. The food is fucking amazing. I know. Have you had a pierogi? <laughs> pierogi are like, I could live off pierogi. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but Sam's like, oh, remember how you're on the Air Force payroll because you're specific and point that out? You get to go to Russia now. Uh, yeah. And uh, as McKay leaves. We'll see you again later in another episode. <laughs> Don't worry. Hope you like vodka. And as McKay leaves, Hammond tells Sam to, you know, do it. Just go now. <laughs> yeah. So in the gate room, Sam and Siler work on the DHD and he uh-huh. hands Sam the master control crystal. The base is evacuated with all non-essential personnel and they are ready to go. I love this moment too. I know. Jack's like, do you want to be here? And he's yeah. like, not really. Can Sam- I please leave? Siler's <laughs> like, no, I'd rather go. And, and Jack's like, I wasn't, I wasn't talking to Just you. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they do it and the gate dials. There's lots of electricity flowing over it. It's part of the speed force. Mm-hmm. And there's no kawoosh. It just sparks to an event horizon and suddenly Teal'c walks out. In full hero pose. In full, full hero pose. full hero pose. Because to him, he's literally just killed Tanith. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then the DHD explodes a bit. Just a bit. And Sila goes flying, because <laughs> that's what Sila does. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I was like, that's n- that didn't happen in any of the simulations. Yeah, um, that's weird how that worked out. Yeah. And Jack comes into the gate room and tells Sila to shake it off, Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> And we get uh, a Teal'c indeed. Yeah. As Jack greets him, and Teal'c is just happy that he has revenge and Talents is dead, and he has no clue what just happened. Yeah. And the look on his face when Jack tells him he owes his life to a ghoul. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, what? No, take me back. Um, so, yeah. predictions. Okay, I have my drink. There's still some coffee. There's in no way Tanith died off screen. There is no Tanith death. Tanith death is really hard to say. 
that's not true. He's coming back. Don't sit on your laurels, people. I'm That's drinking. Okay. Drinking all the drinks. And the other, which I think we know by now. Oh, we're going to see Mikay a lot. We're going to see Mikay a lot. And I'm very Do you excited. think we're going to see him a lot? Or do you just think he's going to come back for another few key episodes? Well, here's the thing. Because he just went to Russia. If Sam decides she likes him, then we're going to see him for like three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> chemistry with the group. I, I think he's going to be a fun little guest star for a while. Okay. But I don't know how like long Like an we'll Anise run? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a Tokoro type thing. Okay. Like a, we'll see. We'll see, but those are my predictions. Cool. So next week we'll be talking. It's a two-parter next. Okay. Oh. Uh, so it's someone part one. We're going to we're gonna break it up in two episodes just because you don't want to hear us talk for two hours straight. Nice. No, uh, one, so no we, one wants to hear us talk for two hours straight. I don't want to hear us talk for two hours straight. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> um, tarot Award. Ta- I, I'm... Who do you want to give the Tarot Award to? I want to give it to Daniel. Okay. I really like the mindset behind whatever happens. He just kind of turns it... He just goes rogue. He goes yeah, a little rogue and does. it works out in his favor. If it didn't, then I'd be I'd be worried. So Michael Shanks, Tarot Award there. Alrighty. Um, and I do want to give... Because I'm making this prediction, yeah. a breakout star, a breakout star terror award um, to our new to McKay, whose name first David Hewlett. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, and I'm writing those down because they seem important to do. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's a fun episode. Let's yeah. see. Does I'm. I mean, I know this goes in my top five. Oh yeah. Um. This actually goes like at my number two. Hmm. This this goes at my number two. This is like just below Wormhole Extreme. I really like this episode. Crap. Um, which knocks off Rite of Passage on my list. I'm gonna do something a little weird. Okay. Do weird. I weird think it. I may get rid of 2001. Okay. Are you gonna put this in its place below Threshold? I think Threshold comes to three. Okay. So this goes to your number two. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. And we have another Indeed. Woohoo! Yep. No giant wrenches. I didn't say giant wrench because Martin Wood wasn't in the episode. Yep. Um, I don't think Siler had it when he was working in the No, anytime I see Siler, I look for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, so next week to the two-parter. Yes. Uh, well, part one of the two-parter. One part... One, and yes, words. I it just was not an it. episode that was aired as a two hour long episode, so we're split, Got split it. it up. Got it. So my That's my rationale. Lost the ability to do numbers <laughs> all of a sudden. Um, so next week, part one of Summit. Yes. Uh, until then, we have a new Patreon. We have one new Patreon. Uh, with my, the best name ever. I think the best name we've had so far on the okay. Patreon. It's okay. the Judo Crab. I just see this little crab, like. Going with his big hand, uh huh, and just using it as a weapon. Juno chop, yeah, <laughs> great. Thank you, uh, thanks to all of our patrons. Thank you to everyone. Um, yes. you always know where to find us on Twitter. We're at Terra Podcast. On Facebook, we're at There's No Place Like Terra. Uh, you can email us at There's No Place Like Terra at gmail dot com. We're on Patreon at Patreon dot com slash There's No Place Like Terra. All the things to say, and I'm gonna go think about it a little karate chop. No, not judo chopping. Class. Judo chop, yeah. A little martial arts crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rate, like, and review us on iTunes. It's super helpful for us. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.